linked it down lift to Dr. Yeah, um, lift and peeve. Lift and peeve. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeve. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeve. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real world. I don't use it. That's a real one? I don't use it. Is that in your vocab? Down to dog. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Right. No. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. And also Dash Radio on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. With me today, I've got two staff writers from DailyThunder.com. I've got Matt Craig. Matt, what's up? What's up? Welcome it's back. Cool thunder. Yes. Yeah, I know. My return. My glorious return. So good. And I've also got David Brandon at Bird Rights NBA, who writes a weekly column. Uh, David, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted to bring this to you guys today. I wanted to bring on some writers from Daily Thunder and kind of bring that community in um, as a part of Down to Dunk. And so we're going to answer some of your questions today. Uh, Weston was supposed to be a part of this as well, as you saw from our tweet, but uh, he's not able to make it. So we'll have him on uh, one of these panels another time. But we'll start with a question from at Kyle Platt. This will go to David. Why does Jeremy Grant always end up with the ball in crunch time? <laughs> um, I think it's probably because they're making a conscious effort to keep the ball out of the hands of the other better players on the floor. Although Carmelo is kind of, um, I question whether he's better at this point sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's because um yeah, it, it just winds up in his hands because they're trying to keep it away from everybody else. And also because Billy Donovan really likes running post-ups with Grant against smaller guards, like weirdly loves it. Mm-hmm. He's excellent in the post in terms of points per possession. Um, so it seems like it's a reasonably good option. But yeah, that's my take on it. What do you think, Matt? Well, I, I know what the numbers say, but I can tell you my confidence level when he has it uh, is not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why does he end up there? Uh, I mean, I think the Thunder is looking for different ways to kind of like activate the offense um, and not it just be pound, pound, Russell Westbrook, and then here comes a high screen. So, I mean, I, I, I like that they're, I guess, trying to diversify, but um, I can tell you that my confidence when he has the ball and trying to do something at the end of the game is not very high. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. I think that he's, I mean, he's been a surprise as far as a player that has been able to do a little bit more than we thought he could. But as far as end of games go, it's because he's wide open. Like he's sitting out there on the wing. Yep. He's shooting 27% from three. You don't have to guard him. Like that's it. Like that's how the ball ends up in his hands because you don't, no one has to guard him and he's wide open and he's just sitting there and it's a place for the ball to go. That's not being guarded. And the I, I guess the only bad part is that he rarely looks to pass. Like he is always, he's got a one-track mind typically, and it's let's drive the ball or he's going to shoot it. Uh, it's And he has become a better passer over the year, but he still doesn't look to it enough to where it's a weapon. Yep. Uh, next question from at P underscore H underscore F3. 
This will go to Matt. How much of the fact that we played so well with Robertson after those first 20 games factors into Paul George's decision to stay an extra year or more? Because before the injury, we really seemed to have found a rhythm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I've been pretty skeptical about Paul George staying all year, uh, even even when we had Robertson. Um, but I, I, it seems to me, and I know you know Thunder fans and, and myself included are a little jaded from the last time we had a free agent decision. But it seems like the playoffs and what happens toward the end of the year really weighs heavily on guys' minds, and that's kind of like what's at the forefront of their memory. Um, and so. You know, I, I really doubt if the Thunder finish in a disappointing fashion in the playoffs that he'll say, well, you know, there was a 20 game stretch in December that was pretty good. Uh, and, and that makes me want to re up with this team instead of like go play for LeBron if that door is open. So I've been pretty skeptical all year about him coming back. And I don't think that some stretch in the middle of the season is going to change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David, what do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree with him. And like, I don't think if Dre is the guy that makes the difference in PG staying or leave, I I don't think that's the case, especially considering that he's going to be coming back from one of the most devastating injuries that an athlete can have. He may never be the same player he was like, realistically, that's a real possibility. And so I, I really don't see it weighing in that much. Well, now I'm thoroughly depressed. Let's go on to the next question. (laughs) At O underscore K underscore C. Do you think Russ and Paul George both make the all NBA team? I don't see six forwards that that have had a better season than Paul George. David, can they both make it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Is Butler considered a guard or a forward this year? I, I, I think you could make him whatever you want. I think that you, I think that people would say he's a forward, though. I think he's a forward, but I want to say to have him in a guard spot for the um, for the uh, All Star game. Yeah. Well, what so do you what do you, what do you think? What position does Wiggins play? The wing. <laughs> it's it's guards, wings. It's guards, wings, and big men. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think both of them make the All Star team. Uh, not All Star, the uh, All NBA team. Because I mean, I get, there's there's some good forwards in the West. I mean, I think Draymond makes All NBA. Um, I think Butler makes All NBA if he's at a forward. Anthony Davis is a lock. Um, who else we got out West? Um. Hey, all I mean, I think all NBA, all NBA is not conference ba- uh, based. So I, I don't know. Like, can you put Butler in there with the injury and how many games he's going to end up missing? Um, I think so. I, like, I, I mean, I, I think this year is a little more opened up if if Butler gets punished. You know, for his injury and Kawhi Leonard, obviously that's a that's an All NBA spot that was locked up that's now open. Um, so I, I think there's a chance, but at the same time, with the Thunder, you know, stay in like a seven eight seed capacity, you may not want to reward two players from that team. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it would be really interesting if the Thunder ended up as the eight seed or even out, and you could still like you could still make the case for both of them, and that's very odd and it's odd that the thunder would have that kind of season where they have two all nba caliber players 
on a team that's like a bubble playoff team. Like it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would think that the voters would factor that in, uh, and they may get punished. But then again, I don't know how. You know, you can't say that one of those guys has had an All NBA season and the other hasn't because it's not like either one's been really a ton better than the other. That would just be a weird situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Matt Pierce Tran wants to know why are, why are you wrong about literally everything? <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly funny. Uh, he's in the slack for our Up the Thunder guys, and me and him disagree about every single thing everything <laughs> not just not just thunder not just nba not just sports literally everything he me and him have opposite opinions on um and i'm right and he's wrong and that's fine that's just that's just the way it is you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man david uh chatamus 33 wants to know what your favorite 80s action movie is i don't actually know <laughs> i i I was thinking about this earlier because I was looking at the Twitter question. I'm like, I don't even, I don't know how many 80s action movies I've watched. Oh, come on. Oh, you've seen. uh, That's the hottest of hot takes right there. (laughs) Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a great one. I have seen that one. Yeah. I mean, Die Hard is just, come on. I've not seen that. The Terminator. The Terminator. I've seen that. Predator. Lethal Weapon. Nope. Rambo. Robocop. Oh nope. my goodness! Well, I'll, I'll give you my answer okay. because America, Top Gun. Yes, it <laughs> I is mean, come on, great. it's great. It, and it, not only is it great, but it's the most '80s of all these movies. Yeah. I mean, it is just <laughs> dripping with that like rock and roll, aviator sunglasses, 1980s America thing. That is just—it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I love Indiana Jones, so I'm going to go Temple of Doom. Terrified me as a child, but loved it. So good. Uh, David, no answer. No, none answers. Yeah, I mean, I really... I haven't seen that many movies, so... Um, you haven't seen that many movies? Wow, that's so... That's Just in a, general, yeah. Wow, that's an amazing sentence. Um, Sam Romedy, he wants to know... We'll take a little poll here. Do we think... and we're, We can... People might be listening to this after this Rockets game. So we'll either look real smart or real stupid real fast here. Uh, <laughs> do we think that Corey Brewer will start tonight? I think he will. I don't, I don't think he's going to tonight, but it's inevitable. I mean, yeah. especially with the way the team's been playing on defense the last like 10 or 15 games. I mean, it's it's only a matter of time. But I don't know. I, I It's not like he's been a barn burner since he's come in off the bench so i don't know that he's ready for that at this point yeah oh man i i don't think it's tonight but i'm with matt 100 percent on this and also like i'm not convinced that Corey brewer makes much of a difference defensively i went and looked at all his numbers and began bleeding from the eyes um so i mean i don't know that he makes much of a difference offensively or defensively except on cuts yeah, no. He's he's, a I mean, he was bought out. Like he's not. He's not good. Like he's not a great player by any stretch. Like he's he's a guy that Billy Donovan loves. And if I know anything about the Thunder, though, if they can in any way show a little bit of disrespect toward Josh Eustis, they're going to do it. And so, <laughs> true. 
it's that's you know, that's why I think it's going to happen soon. Well, and, and Billy, ask, the way Billy talks yep. is just crazy. Like he just he loves him, and it's like, have, yeah. you, have you watched him play in the past twelve years? <laughs> what were you going to say? I was just going to say, what do you guys think of Houston in that role? I mean, it's not like he's some emerging star, but what, what do you think about uh, what he's done in the extra minutes he's gotten lately? He's fine. I, I mean, all, all the lineup data says it's it's it works. You know, that's kind of where I, yeah, that's kind of where I come down. I, I didn't want to give it away before I asked the question, but like I, he's not good, but I think he's been fine in that role. Honestly, it, out of the options that we have, I don't necessarily see a pressing need to give Corey Brewer all of his minutes, but I think that's going to happen. Yeah, and and Billy said this before that he likes to have Josh as a big wing to come off the bench behind Paul George. And I think that he could fall back on that and say, like, that's the reason that I want to do this. And it, it may end up just being like, you know what? Like, I don't really have any good options, and I love Corey Brewer to death. Corey, you're getting the start. You know? And I don't I don't know. I, I think the only detrimental start would be Ferguson. I think if you started Corey Brewer, I think if you started Houston, I think if you started Abrinas, yeah, I guess all gonna be about the same. Like I don't think that I don't think that any of those guys are really giving you a ton. So I'm not sure that it matters all that much. Yeah. But maybe it will. Maybe Corey will be awful. Like it's possible. That, that rookie wall is extremely real on Ferguson. That, that rookie yeah. wall hit hard <laughs> on him. I, I think when it comes to playoff time, he's got to be he's got to be sitting out. <laughs> yeah, he, he forget has, playoffs. I cannot. <laughs> Sorry, I no, go over you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say forget playoffs. Like keep him out now. Like yeah. let him get his reps with the blue and let him work his way up. Like all the lineup data that we have suggests that Ferguson is a massive negative right now mm-hmm. in every single lineup that he's been in last I checked, except for maybe minor low minute ones. Like the guy is a rookie and he's built like a hat rack. Like <laughs> he, he's not there yet. Preach to the choir, man. Um, I do not think Ferguson should play. I like his potential. And I think he can be a good player. And I think he's shown flashes of that. Uh, but not now. Maybe in like two or three years, we can have Ferguson as like a. I mean, I I don't know. Like I think his potential could be a starting level too. But he's a he's a long way from that. Uh, Houston's post All Star break is thirty three percent from three, and. Like, could you ask much more than that from him? Like, solid defense, thirty-three percent from three. Like, if he does it the rest of the season, like he could, he probably needs to start more than Corey Brewer does because Brewer, I, I don't have confidence in him shooting like that. I mean, he could shoot as badly as Robertson, and you could still keep him in that spot because, I mean, it, our lineup data on him suggests that he's good with the starters as kind of a Robertson light. I mean, you're not getting much offensively from Robertson anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, if he's sure. shooting all right, it's a bonus. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the one thing I want to say off of that though, is there's a difference when Robertson's in the game on just the uh, stand and watch syndrome. I mean, the SAW yep. saw syndrome, uh, it, the thunder have that extremely bad. The last 10 or 15 games of just, 
guys cutting to the rim and getting a pass and getting an easy layup or getting an offensive rebound because the guy's standing and watching the rebound come off and just the saw syndrome is crazy on the team right now. And with Robertson, he is the guy that fixes that because he's always being active. He's always doing something um, that kind of fixes the faults of the other guys. And Houston isn't like that. I mean, he's, he's Robertson light in that his on-ball defense is good and maybe even his help defense, but he doesn't bring that same kind of energy to the team. And I don't, I mean, once upon a time, Corey Brewer was an energy guy. I think when you join a team with kind of bad habits in that regard, that it's really, really tough. So I don't know that he's going to turn into that, but uh, I think that's, that's where the, the Robertson Houston comparison breaks down is, is just what he brings to the team defense. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. I think you're right. Um, at underscore Josh Palmer. What is the chance OKC misses the playoffs entirely? Uh, we can go around again. I say a 10% chance they miss the playoffs. Uh, I'd go a little higher than that. I'd put it like 30%. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I think we're gonna make the playoffs. Woo, man, we have been pretty negative. On Thirty percent. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah ten or ten, ten percent seems right to me. I think uh, what you got to think of is sure these games are tight for the Thunder, but they're also tight for teams like the Nuggets and the Clippers. You know, and the Jazz, the the teams that would have to beat them out. They also have to win a lot of games, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're also pretty ill-equipped to do that. So I, I think the Thunder, you know, I, they may be that seven or eight seed, which would be really disappointing. I mean, anyone three and down, the Thunder, I think, you know, would have a realistic shot of beating, but you do not want to be a seven or eight seed, and I think that they have a chance of that, but mm-hmm. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, whew, let's, let's calm do down too, a little bit. But- oh, my goodness. Let, let me explain a little bit. I mean, because some of the national guys are saying like 65%, and I'm like, I, I'm not even close to going there. But, and I don't think they miss, but I think it's a higher percentage than a lot of people are saying because of the fact that they've lost most of their tiebreakers with these teams and the standings are clustered so closely. I don't know if anybody pulls out in front. So tiebreakers might be very, very important. I mean, I don't think it's. I mean, maybe 30% is a little high, but it's a non-zero chance, and I think it's a little higher than 10%. Mm. Well, still sad. Uh, this is from at Sam Presti, okay? Uh, thanks for tweeting in, Sam. Appreciate you listening. Uh, over, under, I'll give this to, to David. He's a salary cap guy. Over, under $4 million for a year for Jeremy Grant this summer over i think he's going to get taxpayer mle at least which is five and a half ish okay yeah i mean he's putting up what is he putting up right now he's like since he's been getting a little bit more play he's was he 11 points per game last i checked uh i would have to check um like but yeah like in recent recently yeah he's much improved like there's no question that he that he's improved i just wonder uh, the shooting is the thing that I wonder about. Like, do people want to pay for a guy that is probably not the defender everybody thinks he is, and a guy that kind of plays out of the post and is really more of a backup center than anything else? I just wonder. I just don't know what the market is for a guy like that. 
here's the counterpoint to that, though. He's positionally flexible. Like, you can play him across a lot of guys. Like, he can defend a lot of different positions, at least adequately, in switching, which is a super valuable skill in the NBA today. He's decent with the ball in his hands, which is something you could not say last year. His post-up points are excellent, so he can punish mismatches. I mean, like, he's not, like, a great player, but he's also the kind of guy that a lot of teams would like to have around. He's a useful He's a useful um, sort of glue guy to have you know, off your bench or as a fourth or fifth starter. So I can see him getting taxpayer Emily. Yeah. He's nine, almost ten points per game after the All-Star break. Okay. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think teams are going to kind of get intoxicated on the idea that he can be a – you know, rim running Clint Capella type, and then you could surround him with a creating point guard and shooters. I just think that the, that archetype is now out there and working for a team. And, you know, this is a copycat league, people always say. Um, so, yeah, I, I think somebody is going to fall in love with him without kind of realizing all or overlooking all of the faults that he does have. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not as into the numbers as David, I know, but uh, I think somebody is going to scoop him up for more than the Thunder are willing to pay. Yeah, and, and he's still <clears throat> a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want Jeremy Grant and Josh Houston to leave. Well, they could both come back on like almost nothing. Like there's a chance of that. This, there's just not a lot of money out there, and so you just have to wonder yeah. what the market is for either of those guys. What do you think about Houston, David? Where do you where would you put Houston this summer? Um, either minimum or overseas. I think he's a yeah. guy that could actually carve out a pretty good career overseas, and I don't know. He's like one of those like right on the fringe NBA guys at the moment. Yeah, I think that there's a good chance he comes back to OKC on a minimum deal. And then he, then they'll screw him over again somehow, probably. Okay, next question. Oh, we already answered Sam Presti's other question. He wanted to know if, he th- if we think that Corey Brewer will start. Um, Matt, do you think Felton will stay with OKC next year? Would someone pay more than the minimum for him? He's been a great fit. Uh, I don't think so, uh, simply because of the history of that backup point guard position being a revolving door with the Thunder. Um, and I think as the Thunder kind of reevaluate and we see where these stars go, I'm not sure that you just bring back all the pieces of a team that's five games over 500 and gets the seventh seed and loses in the first round to the Rockets or the Warriors. You know, like if that's how it plays out, I think a lot of the narrative of this season is still waiting to be written. Um, but if the season ends disappointingly, uh, I'm not sure you just bring all the pieces back. Like we mentioned, Jeremy Grant, Josh Eustace, and Raymond Felton. And it seems like the Thunder get a new backup point guard every year. So just based on that, I don't I don't think he'll be in a Thunder jersey next year. Yeah, I would, yeah I, I, would, I would guess that it would depend on what happens in the postseason. Like if they have any sort of semblance of postseason success, you could see like a team wanting to come back and try it again. But if they go out the first round, I think you're right that he is likely gone. I actually think the opposite because 
Felton said earlier in the year that he'd like to stick around. And normally, like with the bigger bigger name guys, I put less stock in that. With the smaller name guys, I actually put a little more stock in it. Mm-hmm. So I I think he'd like to stay. And I don't think he's going to make more than the minimum anywhere that he goes. So it's just a matter of like, does he does he like working with the people that are on the team? And Kat said in his AMA on the Reddit, the Thunder subreddit, that Felton's actually pretty close with a lot of the young guys. So I do think that he would probably stick around and I can see a fit for him. I think the reason that the backup point guards turned over so much, honestly, is because most of those guys suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think Felton has been overvalued a, a little bit by Thunder fans just because he's had some exciting moments and big scoring games in games that a lot of people are watching. Um, I mean, he's been good. Like, don't get me wrong. He's been a lot better than I thought he would be for the Thunder backup point guard. But, you know, he, it's not like he's been an absolute game changer for the team. And, and I think for guys, minimum guys like that, it's not – necessarily his decision. I mean, I, I don't know how much influence him wanting to stay has on the team deciding to pick up a minimum wage or a minimum uh, salary contract, minimum wage. Wow. That would really be, that would really be a, good for the cap space. My goodness. Uh, a minimum salary contract, which is far more money than minimum wage for next season. Here's the thing though, Matt, who are you getting? That's better for the minimum. Well, I mean, I just think there's a point guard. There's just so many point guards out there that are waiting to be discovered in the D-League and coming out of college this year that would be undrafted, you know. I think there's just so many point guards that you can get that um, are cheap that, I, I mean, I think you just have a lot of options. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think they'd opt for continuity over bringing, I mean, maybe they might bring a guy in to go behind him and maybe trade Felton later in the year. But I, I mean, I'm still sticking to. Yeah. And Ray's good for the locker room. Like he, most everybody really likes him. And so if, if he's willing to come back on a minimum deal, I think the thunder would, would welcome him back Uh, at deep puzzle 23. uh, He wants to know what we think Patrick Patterson's minutes will be in the playoffs. Matt, what do you think? Uh, man, that's that. Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, he's been hitting more shots recently. I, I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. with Jeremy Grant playing a little better, um, I don't know. I, and the, the lineups do shorten up. Patrick Patterson isn't somebody that's playing the same kind of defense that, you know, in the last year, helping the Raptors out. So I, I don't know. I think probably less. He's averaging 15 minutes right now. Uh, I would I would say less than that during the playoffs. David? Yeah. I think about the same, actually, because I think Mello might play less. That's a, probably a searing hot take. But, I mean, Mello's, Mello's been resting a few games. He's been bad when he's played lately. And I don't think Donovan's unaware of that. So I think his minutes might be a little shorter than people think. I just like to cut in here real quick. One of the things that me and Pierce Trahan, the guy that tweeted saying I was wrong about everything, have disagreed about is how Melo's played recently. I think the stand and watch syndrome, like that might as well be called the Melo syndrome. Like the, yeah. the way that he stands and watches 
rebounding and defensively. Um, and it's not like, I mean, sure, he's accepting his role. He's not commanding the ball like he used to, but he's not helping the team a lot on that side of the court. So, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've, I've kind of ragged on Melo all season, but I'm, I'm just going to, you know, double down, double down on my bets here. I love how a Patrick Patterson question turns into a mellow ragging fest. That's like that's the story of Patrick Patterson's season with the that's Thunder. True. I want to love Patrick Patterson. I, I want to. I want him to take the the mellow spot. But yeah, uh, we'll end with a mellow question. We got time for one more. This is from at the underscore Sternlicht. He says, "If Dwayne Wade, who is and was much better than mellow." was trying to come off the bench in favor of J.R. Smith, what's Mello's excuse? Matt, I'm going to let you go since you, uh, <laughs> since you are already in your, your Mello mode. Uh, I mean, this, uh, this has been, yeah, this has been my corner all season. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the thing I'll say is like, that is not a talent question. The fact that Dwayne Wade has been better than Mello doesn't affect it. It's, it's, I mean, it's a pride thing and, it's an attitude thing. And when Mello made it extremely clear before the season that that was not going to be something he was doing and he has enough of that clout with the career that he's had and the, you know, the respect that other players have for him um, that I, I just don't think anyone in the organization can tell him that he wants to go to the, that he can go to the bench and I don't think he wants to go to the bench. And so it's just not going to happen. I mean, it, I don't know. I'm trying not to get too worked up, but um, I think it's one of those things where you know it's not in the best interest of the team and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> David? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to and from what from what I've heard, like Dwayne Wade was not like enthused about the idea. He was just like, it's going to help. Okay. I'm going to do it. And Wade was also playing on a team that has one of his best friends in the entire world on it. Mm-hmm. Which and, and then he asked not. for, and then he said, trade me to Miami for nothing, please get me out of here. <laughs> so like, actually, I actually have some, uh, some stuff that I've heard about that, that he was not necessarily, it was it was not just him it was also the team yeah i mean obviously it, it wasn't what I'm, my point is that it wasn't going that well <laughs> yeah, we like we not. like we want mellow to be like wade but wade's the not on the calves were, anymore yeah 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 and the calves were a mess when when right there at the end at the yeah. trade deadline when they had him so yeah i don't know I, I, the thing I'll say is like I think I brought this up every time I've been on this down to dunk podcast. Uh, man, I sure love to see this team post Paul George trade, pre Mellow trade, uh, and have it you know see what that team would look like this year. And I'm just I'm just gonna keep saying it. You know, Bill Simmons keeps bringing up the Harden trade. Uh, my thing will just be the Mellow trade. Uh, I'll I'll go die on that hill. Yeah, and it's been I mean it's been like a crazy topic that's been around for months now and i my take still is that i think they'd be better in the regular season that they may have the three seed locked up right now if Melo wasn't on the team but i don't think they have a have a high uh of ceiling 
with that group as they do with Melo. I still think that yeah. being able to play your five, the best five guys on your team at the same time means a lot in the playoffs. And the Thunder couldn't yep. do that with that former team. And so it's, he, he's a conundrum. He, if he would play with effort, which he has, there's been games where he's been really good. And I think it's easy to forget about those because there's been so many where he has been ball watching and not playing good defense and being the guy that's targeted. And, you know, you wonder like in a, in that Dallas game, like you just look at Billy and you're like, come on, like you have two other forwards that could do way better than what's happening right now in the defensive end. And they keep switching Dennis Smith, who is like scorching hot right now. Can we please try to do something about this? But Mello is probably the most influential player in the locker room. Like he, mm-hmm. He's a guy that gets along with every single person in that locker room and has the most influence over all those guys. And so I think most of it is... And, it, and it's just strange because Mello could be the reason that Paul George either stays or leaves. Like he could leave because man, Melo's going to have to make twenty eight million dollars next year, and we're not going to be much better than this. Or man, I love playing with Melo so much; he's been such a good influence on me. Blah blah blah. I need to stay because I love Carmelo Anthony. Like I can see either one of those scenarios happening, and I think the Thunder are betting on the fact that he is a huge influence in that locker room off the court, and so I. I think that's what the Thunder are betting on at this point. I, I think those are all fair points, and Paul George is having a really, really good season. Um, and we don't really know from our perspective, just watching the games, how much of an effect Melo has had on that. Uh, and I think it's when you have a stretch like the Thunder have had right now, it's easy to forget how awesome they've looked, you know, in some of those big games this year. And I guess the hope as fans is just like, Maybe when playoff time comes, that you know the flip or the switch will be flipped. But uh, that's really hard to do when those habits, you know, those habits are kind of set. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, anything this- else? Anything else before we go? Any other sad, depressing thunder takes before we go? <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the Down to Depression podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, if you guys aren't already following Matt Craig on Twitter, you should follow him at Mr. Matt Craig, and you can follow David at Bird Rights NBA. You can follow us at Down to Dunk. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow to recap the Thunder Rockets game.